What's up, everybody? I'm Kerry Robinson. This is my friend Holly Wagner. Hey! The legendary the Holly legendary, Wagner. The legendary, not. And today on MC Unpacked, we are talking about some of the biggest challenges the church is facing today Woo. in the craziness of our culture. Holly's going to call all of you a heretic. I, you don't want to miss it for another episode of MC Unpacked. Holy smokes, Holly Wagner. I mean, <laughs> trouble is at your podcast. Trouble, today. trouble. I feel like Taylor Swift wrote a song about what is about to take place in the Okay, first moment. of all, I love that you know Taylor Swift. Wrote I love, I'm a, I'm a Swifty. <laughs> You're a Swifty. And, okay. and for those of you that are listening and watching our faithful, the three of you that love this podcast, I'm kidding. Uh, my, my wife was going to want to do a podcast with you. I was like, that is so boring. Y'all talk all the time. We can just record your phone conversations. I was like, I want to be a part of this. And she cried and I finally made her. She's a submissive woman. He's lying right now. All the things I just said are a lie. 100% Holly singing Wagner. It's so good to have you with us on MC Unpacked. How have you been? You know, I've been good. Yeah. I've been good. It's been Fun? It's been a crazy journey over the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. You don't live in Los Angeles anymore. Yeah. That's part of the crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. Maybe we got out of the crazy. You, <laughs> I will tell you right now, you 100%, you live in the, the Republic of Texas. <laughs> the, I don't know if you know this. This is a true story. Okay. Texas okay. is the only state in the union that can fly their flag at the same height as the United States of America. <laughs> Because they technically were a nation, they're the only state that can still secede from the union legally. And they talk about, they vote about it every year. I don't know if you realize that or not. No, I did not know yeah, this. Okay. That's a fact. The things I'm learning from you today. That's this absolutely is, right. It's really blessing me. I mean, I do have Texas tattooed on my arm. I don't. I'm not proud of that. I'm not proud. Also, you should know it's only the the outline because it hurts so bad. I was like, stop, stop. I don't want any shading. I don't want any cities. I don't want a city. I don't want anything else. This is bad. No, yeah, but we do. We like living there. It's been um, interesting. It's a little bit, feels like the Wild West. Yeah, yeah. But good people. But, oh, my. Great people, Okay, man. here's the funny part. So when we, for the first six months of being there, I mean, obviously still tra- I still travel a lot, but... Being there for those first six months, every time somebody would go, no, no, you go first. I'm like, wait. wait what are you trying what, to do? What? Are you going to stab me it. in my kidney when I turn yeah. around? No, I was realized how suspicious I was yeah. of people. What, yeah. what a bad thing. Well, okay, maybe for the <laughs> listeners that don't know the legendary Holly Wagner, uh, tell them a little bit about, let's just give them in like 120 seconds the last 35 years of your life. Okay, ready? Go. go. Okay. I was born in Texas, actually. Let's go. And uh, then I grew up in Venezuela. Okay. And then Indonesia. And you're fluent in Spanish. Si habla español muy bien. Entonces, <laughs> ¿quieres hablar conmigo, amigo? Toda la gente. Toda, that's all he can say. Toda la gente. That's right. And then um, Indonesia, and then went to most of my high school in London, England. And then my last year was back in Texas. And then I went to Duke university and then uh, um yes and then smu and then i got cast in a television show that brought me to la and that's where i worked as an actress here in la and then i met philip and ministry grabbed me and um yeah so we did we did awesome we did ministry for a lot of years an an amazing church that's still growing still doing a great thing oasis in hollywood and uh just an amazing church you guys you guys went through the ringer you, yeah. you, it wasn't just a, a sexy story from the get Oh, no. Are you kidding? We, 
Yeah, no, we we did the Gideon growth for a long time. You know, you start with a bunch of people and yeah. you shrink down to ten. And and we were in urban LA when nobody was. Yeah, right. Most when everybody people, was leaving. Well, right in the yeah. '80s, right. Yeah. Most people were fleeing to the suburbs because that's where the growth was taking. The cities were, and fair enough. I mean, go. But we just felt like that we were called for the city. Now yeah. it's kind of groovy to be back in the city it, but, it is it, 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 it but was, it, there was a sexy hint but that was before covid <laughs> that's right i think after covid yeah. they're like i don't know about this <laughs> the city thing but and so just for us it was the you know the the multicultural yeah. and just the urban and what what i find interesting too just even in um because i get to travel and, and speak in a lot of churches all over is that i cut my teeth teaching to people who were not churched people mm. and so i don't speak the Christian East. Right, right. And so sometimes I travel and I go to churches that would be perhaps in the Bible Belt or just more culturally Christian. And they, I don't know that that they. It's a different language. It's a different language, and it's and it's not even so much the words. It's like the environment and. Well, there's an understanding that is 300 years old. Yeah. Whereas in the West we're post we're post Christian. Yeah. And so I think we take that for granted. There's yeah. great strengths to that, but there's also something beautiful about coming at it from a very raw and organic perspective, which you guys did a great job of yeah. doing. And you, you guys transitioned, what, in 2019? At the end of uh, 2019, we transitioned the leadership of the church, and then, you know, four months later, COVID. I'm like, yeah. good luck with that, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And, no, but Pastor Julian is <laughs> yeah. a great friend of ours, and he's doing yeah. a great job there. Yeah. And, and he's funny. He said to me, did you know yeah, this was yeah, coming? <laughs> this was prophetic. You knew COVID was coming and you're giving us this church. No, but he's done a great job with just navigating that. So we love that. And you, you and your husband, Philip, who is one of my favorite people, you're in our lives for a couple reasons. One is, and at the time of recording this, we are just three and a half days out from She Rises 23. Here we go. We're the first conference up. in like... It's been well, a first life comes in four years. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm fired up ah. and, and God's gonna do great things. So if you're listening to this now, it's already happened and you missed your tickets, make sure you're there next year. But uh in in 09, 2009, my wife and I were on staff at a church and um and and uh in Arizona. And she was just kind of like having this existential crisis. She wouldn't say that because she's a seven on the Enneagram. And, and she doesn't want to admit to a no, crisis? No, she doesn't want to admit it. And it. But like I could see it. Like the joy in her was dying. And for yeah. a seven, that means that life is over. And she's trying to figure out things. And I've just been praying, God, help. Like I don't know what to say or do. Awaken that that ministry. Awaken that passion. Mm-hmm. And our pastor's wife uh, brought some women to God Chicks conference right. at the time. And uh, in 2009, and she came back on fire and has never been the same, <laughs> ever. Which I also did. I, you got to be careful what you pray for, guys, by the way. You got to be very specific. But no, I love it. And then I think the first time we met you, we were at this ARC kind of gathering. And Megan was like, oh my gosh, it's Holly and Philip Wagner. I was like, let's go talk to them. And I think I told you that she got saved at your conference. Even she been saved since she was, she was born saved. But uh and then you guys just were like so gracious to us as we were planting a church here. We hadn't even started at that point. Mm-hmm. We were about to plant. And I just remember I just kept texting and saying, would you grab coffee? And you guys kept saying yes. And I was like, okay, I'm taking advantage of this. And uh, you guys have served as overseers for us. You've been a source of strength for us. And really, then you've become family. Yep. And uh, my kids call you Pastor Auntie Holly. That's it. And Pastor Uncle <laughs> Philip. And... Uh, <laughs> You've been a great strength to us. And so it's just a privilege to have you here Aww, and, well, and, you. and talk about some stuff. And we're going to have some fun. But I was just thinking about what you shared. And I wanted to, I just want to throw a question at you. And then we'll see where the, we'll see where the wind takes us. Okay. Oh, here we go. We'll get a little Italian in here. 
And uh, but <laughs> I was just <laughs> get a little tired. <laughs> loco. Yeah, okay. if you poquito uh, loco, poquito. But uh, I was thinking about you, you case. So you've been in ministry uh, for a minute. You've pre-COVID, post-COVID. Obviously, the game, the game changed. Listen, pre-internet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Some people's just mind be, just broke. They I know. don't know what that means. <laughs> just what do you to be mean clear, pre-internet, <laughs> pre-dial-up internet. Like you don't even if you don't know yeah. what dial-up is. Yeah. It's a different. And she's only thirty-two. That's yeah, the beautiful it's part amazing. of it. Amazing. But what? Okay, when you look at the church today, and you you know all the things considered, this is a big question. But what do you think are the biggest concerns that you have for culture within the church? I know I I kind of talked to you about this some, but like. When you look at the church, you're going, okay, man, I think this is something that I'm concerned about within the church, not outside, but within the church. What are the things that you're really concerned about? Um, that's, that's a big that's question. That's a really big question. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, all right, a, a couple of thoughts. So it concerns me that how divided the church is. The, the last prayer that Jesus prayed was that we would be one. Yeah. And we're failing miserably. And we are dividing ourselves over issues that aren't salvific, meaning they're not about mm-hmm. salvation. So if it's not, it's like, so why would I, why am I separating myself from someone who voted different than I did yeah. or who, you know, thinks differently yeah. who has, who, who are like some people, like they, churches, there's so many different kinds of church. And so there's people that some have bands and some don't, and some, you know, yeah worship it, on Saturdays and some every day of the week. It's just like, yeah. and, and we separate ourselves from people. Some like immerse dunk, some sprinkle dunk. It's like, if it, can we just keep it about Jesus? Yeah. Because if he's the way, the truth and the life, that's enough to unite us. And I just feel like we have wandered away from that. Mm. And so if, you know, Jesus said to us, he goes, if the, if the world, the world's going to know that you're my followers, not by how much you know, not by mm-hmm. how you argue, not by how great your posts are, not by your stance, not by your stance security. on anything, yeah. but by how you love each other. Yeah, yeah. And we fa- are failing, I think, at loving each other. And so, to me, that's a really big concern. And so, so then the the leader in me goes, okay, then what can we, how can we change that? Like, right. what can we do differently? And so, part of it is, I think we're not good listeners anymore, mm. right? So we don't, it's a lost art. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's interesting when you say that because. I mean, I think about Paul in, I believe it was in Galatians. He was like, if, if your brother has needs and you withhold it from him, then it's as if you don't know the love of Christ. And it was just that kind of like top on top of that whole, my, my, the people in this world are going to know my disciples if you have love for one another. And there's this, I do believe that there's this a new reformation happening in our nation. We talk about this all the time. And I don't mean reformation by by means of like reform theology, although that is definitely something that is a major, on a major upswing. But it, even within the church, that whole reformation is polarizing. Yep. And it's I I just wonder if we, for the sake of standing, and redefining not redefining, but accentuating the truth of God's word, if we have become more divisive in the church than we need to be. Yes. And it is, it is terrifying. I mean, I, I have different friends group, friend groups in the church world and, and I have two different group of friends and they're great friends and they have almost very differing stands on non-salvific yes. natures. Yeah. And it's like, 
I, I they could never hang together because they would they would be like a gang fight. It'd be like freaking uh, West Side Story, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, but they both all of them love Jesus. All right. of them are building the church, right. and all would kind of cling to this evangelical mindset. Yeah, we've lost sight of the fact that we see through a glass darkly. Ooh. So right, I don't have the whole picture, and as awesome as you are, neither do you. No. And so. Now Megan might, but the, but you and she I, does. yeah, we don't. And yeah. so we, we don't have the whole picture and we forget that. And so we get on our, whatever our favorite issue is today and we get on there and we think everybody needs to be like that. Mm. Uh, for, like for example, when I was working as an actress in LA, I had just done this uh, mini series and, um, after I did it, I, and I was basically, I was like the young thing in the show. So I was like in a bikini or lingerie, what I felt like the whole time. And not true, but I felt like that. And so I felt like after I did that, that God challenged me and about the parts I was going to take. Mm. And so, uh, so for me, Holly, the 21 year old, he's challenging me uh, to make some decisions that to, now at that point there, I couldn't really find anything that honored him, but sure. I would start with things that didn't dishonor him. Okay. Right. So I started making some different decisions. And so I didn't know that one day I would be a shepherd in God's house. Like I didn't know that. Mm. Right. And so now fast forward some years. Now I'm leading a church in Hollywood and there are, are actors and actresses in my congregation. I can't tell them that they need to do that. Mm. He spoke to me about conviction. my life. Mm. And so now hopefully my life will be an inspiration and help people make choices. Yeah. But I can't tell them because it, that was what God said to me. Mm-hmm. Right. And so sometimes I'm just using that as an example, but sometimes I think we take what God says to us. Mm. And this is not, this is not 10 commandments stuff. This is just like what a personal conviction right, that he said right. to me to live this way. And so I think we take that again, it's not a salvation issue. We take it and we put it on other people and we make them wrong. And so that creates division. No, it's exactly, it was, it's meat offered to idols, right? Yeah. That's exactly what yep. Paul was writing to the church in Romans about. Right. And he's like, you, the Jewish, those with Jewish faith were freaking out because the Gentiles were eating meat offered to idols. And the, the Gentiles have no clue what they're even right. freaked out about. And Paul's like, what are you arguing about? This is ridiculous. No, actually, it's a really good point that you bring that up because that was a real conflict, right? Between Peter and Paul. And if... Almost divisive. Yes. And, yeah. if, and, if, and if Paul hadn't, and they brought it to the leaders of the church yeah. in Jerusalem, to James with Jesus' brother, right? Yeah. Brought it and they had the council and they worked it out. And if they hadn't solved that, then we would have two churches today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, two, two different churches. And interesting thing, the one thing they did agree on, and that one of the things they said is to not eat meat. Right. Sacrificed idols. And the reason is because the table is important yeah. and they wanted people to eat together. And so can we find a way that we can eat together? So can you give up that right. so that we can sit at a table together? And that's, I think that's a little bit of the lost art. We don't do that. Yeah, we don't. I think it's easier to dismiss people that we disagree with. Well, even those that are, it's easy to dismiss people that you disagree with that they're not even remotely followers of Jesus. Yeah. Right. That's easy to dismiss that. But I think it's just, it's harder to accept. I don't know what it is. I was just thinking through that. Like, especially right now, there's always been reformers. Reformers meaning we're going to get things back to the way it should be. Right. I mean, Martin Luther started the great reformation. He was like, wait, we have, yeah. The Catholic Church is missing something here. There's but let me just challenge that thought. Getting, it. Get it back to where? When was it? Great point. 
So I, I, even that language. Great point. So it's never been. In heaven, it will be. Right. But we're supposed to represent his kingdom, sure. heavenly here on earth. So it's, we're not getting, even when Jesus was, it, it, was not, it was not a great, he did not come sure. into a great culture. Great point, yeah. So not right. to get back to perfection, right. not that it's ever been perfection, right. but to say, hey, we, we're missing the mark in some things. Yes. We, we do need yes. some course correction. Right. And it, Martin Luther's whole goal was to change things from within. Yes. yes. Now, unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Right. And then from that, we now have the Protestant Reformation, and 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 I'm grateful, yes, because he yes. was willing to stand. But I feel like there's this new resurgence of re- of reformers now, and it's like, it's not, it's like you're either you either align with us or you're a heretic, right? And it's just a little bit intense to me. And 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 the you know guys, it it's lazy. Ooh, to I me, like that. Let's unpack that a little bit. Well, it's lazy. We because... just we lost some listeners. I want to call out some names, but we will we'll wait. We'll save that for later. Call them an FMA. Go ahead. Let's no, unpack the laziness. No, of it. I just think it's lazy because yeah. it's it's easy and comfortable to to think what you think and try to get everybody else to think it. But it takes it takes time and depth and energy to actually go. Why do you think like yeah, that? Yeah, and, what, yeah. and is there anything that you believe that actually might shape what it takes energy to do that? And most people won't do it. No. It, or they, it's just easier to fill in all the blanks too and have it, the specificity of it clearly defined yep. when it comes to faith because then there's no mystery. That's right. And it's so interesting. I've, I'm, I'm not I'm done a, like a, a major dive into Calvinism versus Arminian. And, but one of the things I did discover is that when it came to Calvin, there was blanks he didn't have answers to mm-hmm. and he didn't fill in the blanks. And it was his son-in-law who came in trying to systemize his right. faith. <laughs> yes. And he filled in the blanks that I think if Calvin was alive, he would have slapped his son. Like, what do you do? We don't know. We don't know the answer right. to that. We, we just right. don't fully understand. We're not going to know. And yet I don't see that. I wonder if Calvin at, at his core was more like, let's have a conversation. Right. But the lackeys, those that follow. It could be. Are like, we're going to crucify you if you yeah. s- even suggest that the total depravity of the saints is not right. at work. Right. And so what do you think like... Um, I, I never know who's listening to us. You know, like we have such a, a myriad of people that at least and all I know is people that give us feedback and it's a myriad of people, but I, I will, I'm going to just generalize that. I do feel currently there is, maybe we'll talk about this a little later, but it, with the all out attack uh, on, on biblical masculinity in our culture today, because of previous toxic masculinity, so all, I, and this is my opinion, guys are getting lumped into this whole thing of you're, you are the problem in our world today. And there have been problems because yep. of men, obviously. Yeah. I mean, you look at prisons, the, the primary population of prisons are right. men, right? So I'm not, I'm not trying to suggest men are yeah. perfect. But in, that I see in the, what I see in the church today is there's a, a growing swath of young men who have got it all figured out. Hmm. And there there's less conversation right so that's the sarcastic thing you just said no i mean (laughs) yes that's the part about being knowing it all okay knowing it all okay what do you like what would you speak to that person like if you were if let's say you're having coffee with that one individual you don't even know him and you could ask him one thing right now what would you say because i think we have someone listening right now um i guess i i for me i tend to do the questions Mm. right so because I'm genuinely curious about why people think why they think. And so I would start with, what are you afraid of? Ooh. 
Right? I mean, because at the core, it's fear sometimes that prompts us to get on our high horse about everything. Yep. So I would start with that. And and then it's um, how can how can we walk together? Mm. What 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 do you think could happen so that we could walk together? Great. You know, I, I would just ask. Do you feel questions. like people are willing to listen to that right now, or do you feel like they're just more convinced that they got to stay their own course? I, I'm torn on this stuff. Well, again, I think it goes back to lazy because it's very easy <laughs> to. I think most people today get their theology from Instagram. Yeah. Right. And so they repost a something and they haven't even read that chapter. They haven't studied no, the context. Right, right, they don't right, know right. any of it. Right. Right. And so that's, I guess that's that, you know, part of the laziness. And then, okay, here's another cultural pet peeve. Can I go there now? Let's go. Okay. Let's do it. So this one, this one could get good. Well, if we're going to get in an <laughs> argument, that's my favorite thing to do. So let's roll. <laughs> I'm not going to be offended. Our listeners no. might. Megan's going to start to feel like tension. Megan's sitting right over there. But um, our producer's keeping her at bay. If this gets into a fight... Megan will side with Holly. I want you to know okay. that. Okay. Um, okay. I I love my country. I'm grateful that I was born here. I love my country. Yeah. I'm also grateful that I have traveled the world mm-hmm. and seen and lived places and seen different cultures and um, and have experienced Christianity in many mm. different nations. Mm. And with different people groups and all different ethnicities and socioeconomic levels. And so for me, the thing that, that's a little challenging right now is how much of the church is wrapping the Bible in an American flag. Mm, okay. And I, don't, I just, I don't see that. I think the kingdom of God is so much bigger than America. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so when that happens, then when it becomes, when we start wrapping the Bible in the American flag, then we only see scripture from our context. And it's this, we're we're such a small context in the big family of God. Yeah. And so, and our issues become the primary and they're not the primary issues. And so I guess for me, that's where I get a little irritated. And I just recently saw some, anyway, on Instagram, some... Say their names no, right now. No, I'm no, kidding. No. <laughs> what does it rhyme with? What does their name rhyme with? I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, but it's just like, because well, all that does is create division. Mm. And so remember the last prayer Jesus prayed that you're not helping me here mm. with that. So I guess for me, that's one of the pet peeves I see is this whole um, need for, to, you know, make the covers of our Bible, with the American flag. That's <laughs> so funny. What, okay, when you say wrapping it, the, the Bible and the American flag, is there, can you kind of drill just a layer deeper and kind of give an idea of what you mean by that for some well, listeners? Yeah, right okay. So, like, I go, America, we, we, we want to call it a Christian nation. It's like, it, it, it's not. We are. It's, yeah. We're not. And so Founded it's just. Founded like, on Christian principles. Well, sometimes. Okay, let's so, go. Sometimes let's go. it was. It's just. But we're 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 of a different kingdom, and as soon as I align myself as an American before I do a child of God, mm, I'm gonna miss it. Great. And so that's what I feel like is happening. I feel like too many people are putting um, the American thing first before the child of God. Mm. Now listen again. I love my country. I vote. I'm all. I love it. I'm grateful for yeah. my country. But I'm from a different kingdom. Yeah. I'm an ambassador here. Yeah. This is not home for me. Yeah. Right, and so sometimes I think we forget that. Yeah, did that? Did I rub you wrong? No, or? it doesn't rub me wrong. No, no, no. <laughs> I no, I think, um, and sometimes I like to 
to not even have clarity for everything because I feel like if we can't if we can't actually have discourse and conversation about things, then I mean we like to live in echo chambers. Yes, we do. Our social media feed is an echo chamber. If you don't realize yeah, that, then yeah. you are oblivious well, to how the algorithms work with yeah. your social media. Yeah. Go watch that movie. You'll freak you, you out. <laughs> it, you have the clicks, the pauses, all of that. They have tailored what you see yep. to what you like. Yep. So if you don't think that, you're an idiot. But that's not not you. You're the your friend. But I I uh, we like an echo chamber. Yep. And I'll never forget, like, because um, we're lazy. We, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> well, I think, I think it's, it, I think I understand you by, by lazy because it it requires that I do some work. Yes. It requires. Like, when that, was the last time you read a book by somebody that made you just want to go? Right. Arr. Well, uh, this last week, but good for you. Yeah. But that's unusual. Yeah. I'm just saying that's no, an unusual is. thing. It is, and it's hard. And and I, it, I think that when you say lazy, what you mean is it takes more time. Yes. Yes. It takes me being open. It takes Humble. me saying, okay, wait a minute. I don't corner the market on truth. Yep. Uh, I need to figure this thing out. And I know right now some of our listeners are making assessments and judgments about what you mean mm-hmm. and people are making assessment yep. judgments about what you where you stand of course. politically of course and where you think and that's the problem yeah because that's what jesus was like hey what are you doing like right. p- push pause for a minute and don't worry about what you think the splinter in my eye or holly's eye right. but once you work on the log in your own the massive ginormous plank you got to deal with that and um anyways I, th- this echo chamber thing has been kind of it's kind of yeah. crazy, and where I recognized it was in my own world, the podcast that I listened to, yep, the no, books same. that I read, and I was like, ooh, I don't have a right to speak about anything because my entire world mm-hmm. is influenced by the same voices. Yeah, that's very, that's very self-aware. I think most people are not that self-aware. Well, I appreciate you saying that. That was not a ploy to get you to compliment me. I'm just saying, like, but it doesn't make it easy. So I've got a couple books that I'm... I'm about to dive into that are hitting on some specific topics. I'm not going to go into that tonight, but that are on the opposite. They're not even, they're not Christian books. Right. So check one and then check two. They're on the opposite end of the political persuasion of where I would align. And I'm just going, I need insight. I need information. And, and I, I'm not going to change my views when it comes to the truth that I find in the word of God, but I'm not threatened by someone right. else's opinion. Yeah. And the only thing that's going to happen is either I'm going to grow in understanding or I'm going to grow in compassion for people. Yep. And I think that's probably the part that most people really struggle with. Most people have all the same friend group and they all sound the same. Yep. And that's terrifying place to be. Yeah. And, and it's okay. So that's interesting. Just even some of the things that you just said about, it's just like, okay, let, let's don't even worry about those people who aren't Christians because right. they have a, their worldview is very different. But within the family of God, yeah. there's such diversity and different mindsets and values. And so let's just sit at that table. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, I don't know that we'll ever be able to handle that, perhaps. I don't know. That might be way too much. But if mm-hmm. we could just sit at the same table, yeah. sit at a table, because again, we all see through a glass darkly. Yeah. And, and there's going to be people in, in eternity that you're going to be like, oh my gosh. Uh-huh. And then there's going to be people, be people that are not on the other side of eternity mm-hmm. with us. You're like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. 
And so, and hopefully you listening are going to be on the other side of eternity with us. That's a different conversation. But yeah, I, I, I'll never forget. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, because grace is, <clears throat> grace is hard. Yeah. Right? The, the legalism, you know, that would be a term that we use about, you know, rule mm-hmm. following. So that's easy. Because if you just follow these rules, then you get blessed. You follow mm-hmm. these rules, then you get to have whatever. The, but grace is harder. Mm-hmm. And so most people aren't comfortable mm-hmm. with the grace. Yeah. It's messy. It's messy. It's messy, messy, messy. It's complicated. Yes. You don't know, you don't have a program response for conversations. And, uh, and I was just, we were, we were in, I think it's first John. He, he's like, Hey, bear one another's burdens. And we don't do that well. No, we don't. I judge your burden. I judge your burden. I say you, the reason you have a burden is because you were an idiot or whatever. I just burped is. up hummus and it is so putrid in oh, my nostrils. Oh, stop right now. I'm sorry. I was trying to turn away. I was like, mm. <laughs> for those of you watching, you saw my stank face. That's my fault. I burped. Boys. Welcome to Boys. Uh, welcome to MC Unpacked, Holly. This is Megan's Pain. Now you know Megan's Pain. One of my friends is like, I love listening to your podcast because I just feel so much pain for Megan. You know? She said it's like, he said it's like watching her try to herd cats. And I'm like, well, thanks. That's my one of my good friends too. It's like, thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. Uh, I digress. I don't even know what I was going to say. But uh, yeah. I don't even know what I was going to say. Do you remember what I was saying? No, you lost yourself in the hummus. I lost hummus. myself in the hummus bird. It was like a warmth that Stop. wafted. Stop, we don't even have to go there anymore. A warmth that wafted. <laughs> my whole goal was to get Holly a little sidetracked, but I sidetracked myself. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was just about unity. That's just my big passion. So I feel like if we can figure this out, that would be amazing. I, I agree. Oh, I'll, I'll never, I was going to say, i never forget. I uh, Megan and I went on a, a Disney uh, date with some friends of ours and they're here in the area pastor a great church in long beach revived church pastor josh and noemi chavez and uh just some of the some of my greatest friends and we sat down at one of the little restaurants i don't i think we rode like one ride and man they just challenged some of my views and we got i've got into some heated conversations like like so arguing so hard i'm standing up to <laughs> I emphasize my point and they do not back down no. which that's not an echo chamber that's right we have the same kingdom principles we right. love jesus he's the way the truth and the life no one comes to the right. father except through him but on some some facets that are non-salvific right. i like uh, you know that that are not close-handed they're right. open-handed yep. we we look at it differently and i just remember sitting there and feeling the holy spirit say why don't you just shut up and listen and I was like, oh, okay. And, and internally, I remember going, this is wrong. They're wrong. They're wrong. They're wrong. Mm. And the, it was harder to silence my own narrative than it was to listen. Does uh, that make sense? Yes. And I'm, again, I'm, that I'm, was I'm pretty so self-aware hard. of you. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it was like, it was like, a, it was like a battle. Like if you, if you have somebody that you love in your life, a spouse, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, yeah. And, and they're, you know, just going off the handles and you want to like either punch them or you're like, want to yell at them and you're trying to control it. And you're more focused on controlling your own emotions than you are about what they're saying. And then they're ticked off. Our producer is smiling so big right now. She's apparently this is hitting close to home, but that's what it was like. And I, I wonder why, why that's so challenging for us. I'm trying to like dual process and figure that out. Why is it so hard to sit down and because we all think we're right. Yeah. There's a proverb about that, right? I think there is. I think there's one that says that there's a way that seems right into a man, and yeah. in the end, it yeah. leads to death. That's yeah. a, I think and that we, is a proverb. And, and then we 
we're willing to die on that hill. Yeah. Again, because it takes way more work yeah. to go, hmm, yeah. hmm, and just listen. Yeah, yeah. Or say, why do you think like that? That's great. And it's, especially with Josh and Wemi, because I know them, they would yeah. have a very different background to you mm-hmm. culturally. And so their yeah. experiences, how even, I remember one of the classes I took in school was about um, cross-cultural mm. communications. And so it was, a, one of our homework was to read a story in the Bible and then how I see it. And then to take that to someone who of a different ethnicity and say, what, what is, what comes out of there for Interesting. you? Interesting. And it was eye opening for me. Mm. And so again, it's only, it's because I only see things through my eyes. Yeah. And so a woman can read a passage and something's going to jump out to her and a man would read it and something else. And they're both fine. They're both right. So it's not either one's wrong. It's just different. And we don't learn that unless we engage, mm. do the work of engaging in conversations. Interesting. And there are some people that are listening right now and they think that you're saying that the truth of God's word wavers based upon man's opinion. And that's not at all what you're saying. No. <laughs> so like right there, like I feel it. I'm telling you, like there's people who are listening. Go, whoa, 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 Holly. Nope, God's word means what it means. It doesn't matter how you read it, but okay. But what you're saying is backing up scripture in Hebrews that the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, yep. able to pierce and divide the soul asunder. In other words, it's able to divide what I'm feeling right. versus what is reality versus right. what God's word is. And as a man, I'm going to read the scripture differently right. than a woman well, is. Well, because the, the, the Spirit, Holy Spirit is alive. And active, and right. active, right. And so when you're reading it, it's things are going to come across to you that's confrontive and convicting. Yeah. And I'm going to read the same thing, but different things are going to confront me. Right, from right, From the right. same word because it's alive. Just like Paul talked about meat offered to idols because right. the Holy Spirit's going to convict according to yep. what he knows yep. is best for us yep. as individuals. And that's yep. hard. Man, I, 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 maybe we can continue this conversation on some multiple podcasts and help people discover how to actually have this conversation. I'll, I'll never forget. And, and I'll just be candid because I, I like to be candid. That conversation was life changing for me because we were talking about immigration and Josh and Nomi Chavez are Hispanic and they're in his, a primarily Hispanic community and their experience with immigration and families destroyed because of current policies is vastly different than anything I've ever experienced. Right. And I want to just pause there because people who are listening are thinking they're wrapping their Bible in an American flag and a second amendment poster with a screaming Eagle and a MAGA hat. Yeah. Great. Congratulations. That's not what we're talking about. And I just remember like sitting back and listening and going, Oh, there's so many things I don't know. Right. Oh, see, there's so many things I don't realize. I, I can believe whatever I want to believe, but I haven't sat in a living room of a wife who's weeping because her husband's been deported and she doesn't know how she's going to put bread on the table. So it's okay to believe what you want to believe. Right. But that's a vastly different experience. And it, it was life changing. And, and, and candidly, I don't know that it changed my opinions of policy and what policy could be, but that's irrelevant. Right. It it's, probably just opened your eyes to compassion. 100%. And to seeing somebody else's experience. And so here, I guess is where I was going to go with some yeah. of this, is because a unified church is unstoppable. Oh, uh, absolutely. A unified church will cure every ailment on planet yeah. Earth. But the reason that there's so much, the dysfunctions keep arising is because the church 
is so busy infighting. Mm. So we're not the unified front that we could be that could bring solution to whether it's homelessness or immigration yeah. issues or poverty or just all of the con just all the confusion. We could be an answer, but we're not. No. You know, I was uh, there was a Barna study done recently, and and it was um, oh, I actually have the number, so I won't be making stuff up. You know, Barna is like, I love and hate him. Yeah. I mean, not him, but his group. It's like, uh, he's been so helpful for us. Barna, if you're listening, man, let's hang out. Let, we'll have you on the podcast. You can help me. But every book I read of you, the church is dying. We're failing and it's all going to hell in a handbasket. But hand this basket. is one of the things he said. Um, <laughs> this this kind of fires me up though. So this is one thing he said. He goes, you need wow. a larger font. Holy smokes. Like we could read that in, in San Dimas right now. Holy it's a smokes. photo. It's a photo. <laughs> Leave me alone. Okay. You're like Megan. Okay. Megan's font on her phone is so large. I tell her, put okay. your, she's texting church. Can you read church. it right there? Read it right I there. Can exactly. read it. I can. Right there. Right I can. I promise Go. you. Okay. Go. It says this graph graphic from that's an that's all i got sorry uh -huh. okay um okay so this is not why non-christians doubt christianity yeah. so there was all these different options the number one thing we can actually do something about mm -hmm. like one of them the the lowest one was still at 24 percent was conflict in the world mm -hmm. i can't do much about global mm -hmm. war. i can't mm -hmm. do much about global but the warming, number one yeah, reason yeah that non-Christians doubt Christianity is the hypocrisy of religious people. Oh, for sure. So I can do something about that. Totally. So I can be responsible that my life reflects what I believe mm. and that I, to the best of my ability, reflect who Jesus is. Mm. And so if everybody in the church just did that, right? That when we, instead yeah. of pointing fingers at people, we're actually trying to help people and we're owning our own bad. Yeah. Like we're, I mean, instead of defending, which is what you see happening, it's just like, just own your bad. We're very forgiving people. We will forgive. Just like own it. Yeah. And just, I just think, anyway, so to me, we No, can, I think you're spot on. I'm just thinking it's making, I also burped twice more. So welcome to the MC Unpacked podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm never going to change. That's who I am. Yeah, I know. Oh, we, thank we, you for burping me. I'm burping him. It's it's now the, I'm going to burp more. It's the mother in me. Let me help you yeah. out. Feel like I've got gas. Get him some. What was that stuff we used to get for our kids? The little teardrops. So we had to go. Anyways, okay. Um, I okay. I so internally, you. like I think when I hear you say that, I think you're spot on. And I have this conflict internally as a pastor in in California to a post Christian era era. So okay, what that means for those of you that are listening, if you are if you live Texas and East. So all those planes above, all those flyover pointless states, just kidding, I love all of them. No, I don't. North Dakota should be a territory, but that's another podcast. All those states east were founded on cultures that were primarily Christian cultures and narratives, whether it was Catholic, but primarily Baptist or denominational liturgical, whether it was the Dutch reformers who planned, like, settled most of the Midwest, the Southern Baptists who settled most of the Southern states. So whether you realize it or not, your culture is steeped in that. I.e., when I was a teenager, there was no football, baseball, basketball practices on Wednesdays because Wednesday was youth night, and everybody went to youth. Right. That was the normal culture. There were no soccer games, baseball games, volleyball games, basketball games on Sunday because we had church. That was not like a Christian school thing. That was a statewide thing. It was a known, a state founded on Christian beliefs. Where we're at on the Western half, it's post-Christian. It's not founded on... Well, I don't know. The California was founded a bunch of missions. Those were the, the Catholic to a, missions, to right? An extent, so. To an extent, but then there's a, quite a few wars that happened in there. They kind of threw those into a... <laughs> 
a frenzy, but we'll we'll talk about that in another conversation. My my point is, it's definitely a different culture, oh, different no. mind, mindset, yes. and so all that to say, I I feel this internal conflict of. Okay, if as a pastor, that was a long explanation. Megan just looked at her watch. I don't, I don't appreciate your judgment over there, Megan. <laughs> She's wearing a Nirvana sweatshirt. That's not of the Lord. Let's move on. Uh, I feel this internal conflict of I also do have to tr- teach the truth of God's word as it pertains to our life and flourishing yep. because there are principles in the word of God that are close-handed. Like we're not discussing christian sexual ethic that's not up for debate we're not discussing like there's things that the word of god says this if you want to flourish don't do those things now it doesn't mean that you can't be saved it doesn't mean you can't receive salvation so internally i feel that conflict like okay yeah. hold on if i don't teach that if i don't ex- if i don't expose the truth of god's word it's the truth that has the power to set people free and then simultaneously it within the church going, okay, but let's actually not get caught up on open-handed issues. Yeah. And so that is a conflict. Like to go, where do you draw the line between matters that actually do matter and matters that don't, right? That's a challenge. Yep. yep. And, and I, for me, I think one of the things to keep in mind, because you're right, there are some issues that are kind of the non-negotiables. And so there are some, but even those can be presented with humility mm, great. because you're not the Bible answer man. I mean, great. none of us are. And so if we can say from the study I've done, yeah. now you can do your own study. I mean, even that language right there is a little bit, there's sure. a humility factor to it, but that's not how a lot of times they're taught. It's like, you need to, bah, bah. it's just like, just come at it a little with a, just a little more humility and I just think that that's what opens people's hearts. And if you talk about where you've wrestled with this. Yeah, right, right. Like your own struggles with pondering an issue or thinking through an issue. And I just think that opens people's hearts a little bit. So, yeah, that's great. And then, and then the other part of this is where I feel like the church is, can be messing it up a little bit is it how the world lives is not our business. Mm. It's not my business. Mm. My business is the people who follow Jesus. And my job is to, to the best that I can teach a lifestyle that honors him. Great. Right. And hopefully in such a way that it draws in the lost, right? Because it's the kindness of God that leads people to To repentance. repentance, Right. right? So it's me living that, that actually helps brings people in. But I feel like so many times we're like yelling at people on street corners. I'm being a little bit, sure, sure, sure. you know, the proverbial soapbox. Yeah. Yeah. But, but we do it, you know, however we're going to do it. And it's like, but they're, they don't have the same value system we do. So it's ridiculous. Stop it. Yeah. It's just like, it's none of your business what they're doing. Just- oh, I think that's great. Yeah. Robert Morris, a pastor in Dallas, he says, hunters are going to hunt, golfers are going to golf, and sinners are going to sin. Hmm. And I think that's a very simple yet profound statement. And, uh, and man, you just think about our world right now. It is whether, whether you're a Christian or not. Just You just say the letters LGBTQ. I think it's now IA+, but I don't even know what those mean. And all of a sudden you know, it's almost like you see like the San Andreas fault split down the center of the Mm -hmm. camera and then people are divided. Uh, Whether they're in church or not is irrelevant. And then you got within the church, you've got approaches to that. I mean, everything in our world is, is driven towards division right now. And that is the primary tool of the enemy. Yes. So we, so we'll not as, as the church, as long as we fall prey to it. Yes. We'll never solve the problems we're created to solve. 
So, because yeah. I can't do it. My, the, my desk, my destiny is not just in me. It's in you. Yeah. Great. Because we're a body. Great. Right. Every cell needs each other. So yeah. it's like we're, and so we forget that part. And yeah. um, I think that's not helping our very hurting, damaged world. Yeah. It just makes me think about the story of the Good Samaritan, right? The two religious leaders who wouldn't do anything to help mm-hmm. because of their, their theological differences. Yep. And meanwhile, the Samaritans, like, I mean, the, yeah. the young bleeding. man is bleeding out and, and then the Samaritan and, comes along. And yeah. he's then, you know, the people group that nobody liked anyway. And that's yeah. why Jesus told that story and using yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of lessons in that story. A lot of lessons. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful. I do, I personally, I'm grateful for reformations. So I know that what I mean by that is I, I'm, I grew up Southern Baptist primarily for the first portion of my life and then was immersed into, you know, you can give up whatever your name you want, seeker sensitive, attractional church right. model, which just had so many great things yeah. to it. So many great things. And then, you know, we hit COVID and we see the flaws, like we see the flaws in me, yeah. like we see the flaws in yeah. everything. Yeah. And then, and then, then it's like, you see now the reformers emerging and I'm grateful because I do believe reformers go, hang on, let's come back to the truth of God's word. But it just seems like within that we lose the compassion, we lose the kindness. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then it, it, this, the thing that's pointing us back to the truth has the equal power to divide us. Yeah. And I'm hopeful that in the, those that are listening, those that are watching the, in this mm-hmm. generation, we're going to see, I really think that honestly, Gen Z is going to be part of it. Oh yes. I they're, do too. They're, Cause they're, it's the, it's the older millennials who are the reformers. That's me. Right. So, you know, technically me and Megan are like the cusp of the oldest millennials. Megan's like on the heels of being a Gen Xer, but we'll talk about that later. Holly is a boomer over here. No, you're a boomer. Or you're a Gen Xer. Yeah. I'm on the cusp. You're on the cusp uh-huh. as well. <laughs> And, but you're you're a pretty freaking awesome boomer Gen Xer, <laughs> and uh, but I th- I really do think that that's where we're gonna see Gen Y. I, I believe I believe that we're gonna do some things right, and we're or Gen Z, sorry, and and we're gonna see them kind of go whoa 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 hold on hold on hold on let let's let's okay yeah we do we need the truth but we've we have removed some things that we need let's bring it back in and I'm hopeful no uh, and the that thing that's do that. me too the thing that's like I am um, as heartbreaking as it has been to watch the some of the revealing of the dark side of church mm. and as heartbreaking as that is it actually gives me hope yeah that Jesus is building his church oh yeah <laughs> right and yeah. we all know that the first shakings come mm-hmm. within the church right yeah. and so it gives me hope that actually Jesus, he's got this thing. So <laughs> like he kind of knows what he's doing. Is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah. And so, and I think it, this day, you know, and to your point that like, there's been these seasons of church and, and right now Gen Z, and they're, they don't really care about a show. Mm-mm. No, they, they just don't. want you to be real. Yeah. They don't, you know, just tell the truth. They don't need all the bells and whistles, yeah. which actually is kind of freeing. Right. It is it very freeing. freeing. So to me, it's kind of hopeful. No, we should be right because the gates of hell cannot prevail against it, and I feel like the church has faced some pretty rough times. Yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like Nero <laughs> was like, yeah. "We're gonna kill them all," and uh, there's been quite a few others like that in between that have uh, tried to shut the church down. Yeah. And Jesus is like, "No, no, no, we got this." And our biggest, you know, concern right now is uh, what time our be real post goes off, so we can right. get the right picture and. 
you know. I know. Evidently, I need to get on the B-roll wagon. You do. You do. I'm only. This is how old I am. I'm only on so that I can kind of keep tabs on my kiddos. <laughs> That's how old I am. You probably had a MySpace page too. I did. I had top nine on MySpace. <laughs> wow, wow. Had some great songs. You know what's funny? Megan had a MySpace. We all we all had MySpace. And uh, she had this song, beautiful. I forget the guy's name. Yo, beautiful. It's true. What we didn't what know. What I love is that you remember that. Of course I do. Uh-huh. And what we didn't know is that like three minutes into the song, the guy goes, you're so effing beautiful. Oh. But he says the word. And some of our teenagers were like, Pastor Megan. And she had no clue. It was so bad. Anyways, those of you that don't know what MySpace is, congratulations. Uh, don't worry about it. It's not important. So anyways. It's I, the OG Facebook. It is the OG. Yeah, it is before Facebook. Zuckerberg was uh, just a, 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 a young lass. A young man at that time. <laughs> Anyways, you know, it's been on, awesome to have you here. And well, thanks for the conversation. In. Yeah, thanks. We got to keep it going because I, um, I think it would be beneficial to, for, to give some tools to some people to know how to navigate that tension. I feel it. Even just talking, yeah. I'm like, okay, wait, like, we got to stand on the truth. But we also got to unite. Okay, what does that look like? What does that feel like? I don't know if I know. because it, The hardest dance we do is truth and grace. Oh, yeah. Right? And you truth said a dance. That's a great illustration. And truth isn't truth without grace, and grace yeah. isn't grace without truth. Right, right. So it's the dance. It is the dance. That's great. We'll have to do some more of these and talk through it. I'm hope my hope, okay. honestly, is that some of you that are listening and watching are a little frustrated. Uh, and that ruffles some feathers and makes you think and let us know. I didn't mean to. No, it was one hundred percent Holly's fault. Don't worry, it's not a big deal. <laughs> but we're glad that you're with us. We're stoked about She Rises, which which by the time you listen, this has already happened. So prophetically, it's the best conference that has ever happened yet. And uh, again, we are here. For those of you that don't know, my wife, Megan, and I, this is not my wife. My wife, Megan, and I, we pastor a great church here in Southern Orange County called the Movement Church. Come check us out. Follow us on all the places. Like, subscribe, share. Let us know what's up. And uh, we'll be back right here, same place, same time at MC Unpacked. Unpacked.